Welcome back to the Adventist City Ministries podcast. Now, I've got a very special guest with me here, and I hope it is the beginning of lots more interviews, not just with him, but other like-minded individuals, people who are interested in creative ministry and doing things in a new, exciting way, using their talents and skills to proclaim the good news of the gospel. So I have with me here, Andrew Perry. He's a surprise guest all the way from Australia. Andrew, what are you doing here in the U.S.? G'day, Andrew. It's great to be here with you. I guess I've been on a personal journey over the last couple of years, and I've realized that it's a journey that requires me to travel and meet other people and see what other people are doing and, I guess, share my life experience, my faith experience, as well as learn from from theirs. So um, I was excited to come over here for a a weekend being run by the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists for public campus ministry. So it's to help uh, young people who are going on to university campuses, they might be at a, a secondary school campus uh, where there's not a, a strong faith community uh, to help them be clear in their identity, help them understand their calling um, so that you know, we don't lose touch with you know, 40% or so of um, young people as they move from high school into adult life. Awesome. That's not your main focus, though. That's, that's really like a side project for you, right? Well, I think a Christian life is interesting in that you know, maybe there's a lot of things that create synergy that um, at first we might think these are, are side projects, but, um, you know, the reality is that, you know, God makes all things work together for good. So, um, you know, my passion has been, uh, you know, growing up as an Adventist. I went and, uh, you know, went to a, a public university. I studied law and accounting and people would say to me, you know, how can you be a Christian and be a lawyer? Um, you know, as if lawyers are there to defend um, you know, criminals and all of that sort of thing, or maybe we're too tied up with the world and what the world's doing when we should be focused on healing or um, ministry. And, uh, you know, I'd always point to our greatest advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ. And so I had this early experience of actually going and being involved on campus and being able to share my faith on campus and, and feeling that we're not all called to minister in the same way, you know, as a, a young lawyer. I had a different opportunity to minister. And I guess for a long period of time there, I had a sense of anxiety about what that looked like. And over the last couple of years in particular, that's really become clear. So, you know, I'm 47 and it's taken the last couple of years for, uh, I guess, a lot of these things to fall into place. So the good news is we're never too old to learn. Well, that's really good to hear because... What you're, what I, what I've seen so far, what you're doing, you're doing some amazing things with uh, technology and and reaching out to people who have maybe a a, a different skill set than maybe what we're familiar with in in traditional evangelism and and really really uh, getting those people plugged in to into spaces where they can really be utilized. And so, tell us more about some of your technology process and and the journey that you've you've gone on to expand uh, the ministry. I guess I was lucky, um, you know, the internet was really just taking off as I was finishing university. So, you know, I, I taught myself programming. Back in those days, you'd buy a magazine and you'd have to start typing in the game from scratch. So in order to be a gamer, you had to be a computer programmer. Um, so I was really excited, uh, you know, around 96, 97, when I was finishing my university degree that the internet was, you know, really uh, taking off and showing us how we'd be able to communicate with people right around the world. So I thought, uh, you know, how can we use this technology to share our faith, to share our worldview, our perspective. So I created this uh, 
little website called Adnet. Um, so uh, I think it was 1997 with, you know, probably flashing GIFs and uh, blink tags and all, you know, fluorescent green and pink. And epilepsy warnings. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my first thing was let's start doing some movie reviews from a sort of Christian perspective. Um, but, you know, I got, I guess I uh, got caught up in my, you know, legal career. I, I sort of dabbled with programming on the side, uh, kept teaching myself how to code. And some of my legal clients would refer to me as the coding counsel because, uh, you know, I was a lawyer that could actually understand what they were talking about. And I remember at my first job interview, the, the guy that interviewed me was a, a strong Christian guy. And uh, he would actually be out on the street corners in the city handing out pamphlets for a Christian Bible study that would meet during the week. And I did that once or twice. And I guess, you know, there was an element where I thought, well, is this what the life of a Christian urban business person ministry, you know, is going to be that you sort of stand on street corners and hand out literature. And I didn't find it fulfilling, I guess. Um, it didn't really seem, seem to be the thing that I was called to do. I just uh, kind of got stuck back into my, my legal career. I got involved in politics. One of my friends was uh, trying to get elected to um, the presidency of the the Young Liberal Party, which is kind of like the Young Republicans uh, in my state. So I got, I guess, more involved in politics, more involved in the legal profession and less involved in um, church. You know, I'd been involved actively on campus um, and didn't really see what the outlet was for me in ministry as a young professional. So as you were coming into your Christian faith, how were you able to use the skills that you were learning through coding and how did you see yourself fitting in moving forward? So it was actually through um, one of my political connections. Uh, I'd served on the executive of this young liberal party and uh, one of the other executive members came to me a few years later saying, uh, do you know anyone that can code? Um, I'd written a membership management system for the young liberal movement at that time and uh, she said, you know, I'm looking for someone who can write a volunteering system to help manage volunteers on election day to hand out all of the how to vote material. So, you know, do you know anyone who might be able to help? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And um, so uh, basically on my commute to work, uh, where I was heading up the intellectual property and technology law uh, section of this uh, medium-sized firm, I was coding on my laptop and uh, wrote a volunteer management system. And so at the end of that election in 2004, I suddenly realized it's so much more um, rewarding to empower thousands of people to volunteer um, than to draft contracts that lawyers will generally draft and they'll either go in the bottom drawer somewhere until something goes wrong um, or they'll be in really fine print and everyone just clicks that they've read them and they agree to them and uh, proceed without even bothering to read it. So you don't really feel like you're making much of an impact, even if you're earning you know, the big bucks um, in doing that sort of thing. So it just made me realize that technology is a way of empowering people right across a state, right across a nation, right around the world. So rather than, um, you know, focusing on making money, I really should be looking at, well, how can this um, skill, this combination of legal experience um, be used to empower people right around the world? How did you see that fitting into your faith experience? We know the church has a certain relationship with technology and we're behind in some areas. We've been innovators in some areas in the past. You've shown me a, a really great demo of a product that you're working on. 
how did you come to uh, develop this? Because it's something that is, you know, we need technology. We see it all around us. And so what's the opportunity for us as a church, as, as Christians to utilize technology and tell us about your projects that you're working on? Yeah, well, I guess for me, it wasn't actually a call to be more involved in the church. It was more of a call to be more involved in the community. Um, and I think if we don't ground the technology that we're doing and um, you know, any work that we're doing in actually working in the community, then we're not going to be successful. So for me, it was actually uh, you know, setting up my own law firm, setting up my own software development team. It was then working on a platform called Community Builder, um, so spelt AR at the end instead of ER uh, to represent augmented reality that's you know, become one of the next big things because we really see that technology can augment what's happening in our real life. It shouldn't be you know, Facebook and YouTube replacing our real life um, or that we can just enjoy all of our in- social interactions online. That should be really pulling us out of uh, off the couch, getting us out into the community, volunteering and, and doing things in the community. So, yeah, so we built this technology platform that wasn't just used every four years for an election. And I saw, you know, that there was really a need for, you know, how could this technology then also be used in social, broader social uh, contexts? So we created a, um, a co-working space uh, where people that wanted to start businesses to make the world a better place uh, could come and start those businesses with us and we could incubate them and share um, not just technology but my legal experience to help mentor them and get them going so yeah so take us through the how the this app you're explaining yeah the community builder how does that work and what's the vision that you have for it Mm -hmm. so so much of what we're called to do as christians is to share you know share the good news um, and so in the same way, software is something nowadays that, uh, you know, can be freely shared. And so I guess my little mini manifesto I wrote back in uh, 2010 was this concept of sustainable sharing. Um, people are often concerned that, you know, I'd, in this world where it's trying to accumulate stuff and, you know, I can't afford to give this away or give that away. Well, what if we stop thinking about things in that way and we actually start thinking about sharing? And of course, the latest thing in the last couple of years has been the sharing economy and there's Uber and there's Airbnb and, um, you know, all of these ways that, uh, you know, the world as a whole is, is looking to share. Well, what about us as Christians? You know, how can we share, share our home, uh, share our um, thoughts, our not just, not just teaching, but, but sharing the rough aspects of our life experience in a way that hopefully can inspire others to realize that there's if there's hope for me, there's hope for them. And uh, so that's where we've been building um, a particular version of uh, the community builder system as the Adventist passport. So the idea is that as an Adventist, wherever we go in the world, we should be able to check in and see what's going on around us. What are the volunteer opportunities nearby? Um, if I have an interest in helping children with you know, escape poverty, um, what are the opportunities for me to donate to those projects or go on a mission project? But, uh, you know, there's lots of people that aren't Adventists but still want to help the community, particularly on campus. So we've developed a, uh, a branded version of this called uh, Student Life. So, you know, I guess that's the synergy with the public campus ministry where these things have sort of come together to realise that well, you know, if I'm a young person on campus that's wanting to make some impact on my campus, you know, I want to improve my student life. I'm not saying I want to become a Christian. I just want to improve my student life. 
And uh, so to be able to have a student life branded version of that that draws people towards Christ, um, to realize that by understanding our creator and his um, desire to be with us, that's how we can get the most out of student life, out of adult life. You know, then that's uh, a way that technology can actually be used to bring people into a relationship, you know, here on earth and with our creator. Right. It's from what I've seen, it's uh, so far, it's an amazing piece of software. It's a great because it does really connect people and offer ways, multiple ways to get them interested in what's going on around them. So often with technology, it's about what's happening over there in the other side of the country, what people are saying in this place that I'll maybe never visit or rarely ever visit, but with community builder and that platform and incorporating it into church life and, and student life, it's really your, your vision is to have a way to, to get people to come together, uh, share ideas, share experiences. To me, that sounds like discipleship, really a, a digital platform for discipleship. And really it's to empower each of us as members. It's not like you go onto the, the app and if there's nothing there, then you go away. Uh, the call to action is to say, well, there's nothing here. What are you going to do about mm-hmm. that? Like, are you going to open up your office to have a Bible study on a Wednesday night for your community and just see who turns up? You know, maybe it, it's an opportunity uh, to inspire you, hopefully, to action uh, because we're all called to be disciples. You know, the Levites were one twelfth of the 12 tribes of Israel, and yet a lot of people are looking to the church to say, you know, you're not doing this or you are doing that, and well, what about this? And at the end of the day, we're all called. And so for me, it was really going through this process of um, being able to grow my spiritual awareness over the last 12 to 24 months. You know, when I'd left my law firm, you know, I was building, um, you know, my own law firm. Uh, I was, you know, creating my own technology company. Uh, I was looking at how I could use these things for God. But two years ago, I came to the point where I realized, well, you can't do this. Andrew, this isn't yours. You need to surrender this to, to God. And if he wants it to be, it will be successful through not just your efforts, but the efforts of others. If he doesn't want it to be successful, then stop wasting your time. Get on with something else. You know, you know in this uh, collaboratory incubator that we created, you know, I think sometimes as, as growing up as a Christian, you think, well, you're not allowed to make mistakes or you're not supposed to make mistakes. Um, growing up as a young lawyer, you know, you're trained that, you know, you're not allowed to make mistakes. That's negligence. You know, you get sued for that sort of thing. So to uh, realize that in our current world, we don't know anything. Well, we, we know some things, but there's a, a lot more that we don't know than we do know. So really the idea of creating collaboratory as a physical space was this realization that, you know, technology is only an enabler of things that can happen in physical spaces. So has that enabled you to reach out to the, the wider community? It's not just for the church. It's for a whole gamut of different kinds of people who are interested in small business and, and starting their own projects, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so collaboratory for probably the first three years of its existence had nothing to do with church. Um, I guess you, you sort of, I grew up in Australia in a sense of that the secular is very separate from the, the sacred and that you don't want to share your faith just with people randomly because it might make them feel like uh, um, you're different or that you think they're different. Um, 
So uh, from the very beginning, it was all focused, I guess, on what I feel that we as humans are called to do, which is to look out for our fellow man, to create businesses that are what are called social enterprises or benefit corporations that aren't just to make profit, but are to be sustainable and to minister to other people. And um, I guess the thing I realized two years ago was you've got all this fear and anxiety as to what it is you should be you know, whether you should be focusing your effort on the legal work or whether you should be focusing your effort on the technology work or whether or not you're called this way or that way, maybe you're just called to be with God and to create a space where people can come and feel that they belong, can feel a sense of peace. So if you don't share God with people in that context, um, then that's kind of the secret weapon of a successful life is having a relationship with your creator. So uh, you're not doing anyone a favor if you're taking care of their physical needs, um, but not their spiritual needs. So that's really where collaboratory um, started to be much more purposeful in sharing uh, it, an experience with God. Exactly. Yeah, that's the same thing we've seen at Simplicity, making a place where you can create long-term relationships with people because we live in a world where it's not information first it's it's relationship first and then the decision to to move on into belief in a certain in, in certain data points you know it's and so that that whole idea of creating a space i love because you're inviting people into a relationship and inviting them into something that is not just going to fade away and be done in a couple of weeks but they something they can participate in so has that led you to other projects yeah, so I guess, um, you know, one of the things around collaboratory is, and as an innovation sort of lab and, and startup uh, environment is that we teach people very much to be focused on understanding their customer. Um, so, you know, you need to understand the people that you're seeking to serve with your product before you, you know, just spend all of this money and then try and shove it down their throat. Um, you know, people will walk away from those sorts of products. So in the same way to sort of bring that, sense of understanding people, understanding your, in your community, you know, before you start trying to school uh, and being able to understand, you know, yourself and actually putting your neck out there and having faith. Because if you don't live a life where you need God's help to save you from problems, then you've got no story to tell. So about two years ago, I realized uh, through attending a conference called Fruition Lab uh, in, here in the U.S., you know, that there are Adventists uh, around the U.S. that have achieved amazing things in business. And, you know, through that uh, work in business, uh, they've been able to share mission. Um, many of those businesses, I guess, have, have taken what I'd call an old school approach and that they go to work and they make money. Then they come home and pay their tithe and taxes. Then they go to work mm. and make money. Right. Um, and, you know, there's a place uh, for philanthropy and corporate social responsibility. But I think as lay people, we're actually called to more. We're called to say, how do we actually build mission into our business? So I was really uh, excited not only for the, the trajectory that Collaboratory had been on and to suddenly realize that, yeah, I've got to put mission at the heart of what it is that we do, but also to meet people uh, at that Fruition Lab, you know, Jeffrey Chatterchuk, uh, Jared Thurman, um, and uh, just realize that there, are, there is a movement of people who are looking at how we can live a life of service through business. And uh, one of the guys that I met, uh, or two guys I, I met there that were uh, quite inspirational as well are from Germany, uh, Marcus Witter and Jesse Zwicker. And um, so they started 
a project called Hive, and it's really inspired by a vision uh, that Ellen White had uh, you know, a long time ago, where uh, as a church we should be looking at you know, being medical missionaries and setting up um, you know, these centers of influence where people, we're not sort of going and knocking on people's doors, they're actually attracted to us. They're hearing about what right. it is we're doing, how we can meet their needs, um, how a relationship with their creator can make their life better, that they're actually wanting to come to, to us. And, and Jared Thurman wrote a, a great book about it as well. And uh, so, yeah, I've just been really privileged uh, last year to, to go and attend Hive Camp. Uh, I unexpectedly was uh, elected the secretary of Hive International, um, serving with a great group of Adventist lay people there. And uh, then I decided I needed to really put this sustainable sharing manifesto that I'd come up with to the test. Um, so I just booked an airfare basically to Berlin um, to attend this conference and then uh, from Europe to the East Coast. Um, and I had six and a half weeks before Fruition Lab uh, happened in California and, uh, and then had a flight back to, to Australia. And I, I basically just committed that time uh, to seek God's direction uh, to help me work through you know, after having gone through a divorce, um, you know, a scenario that you never uh, expect and in many ways strive to avoid, you know, for 20 years, you know, to, to, to come to that point where there was sort of this realization that there needed to be a new path forward and just to put all of that uh, basically in God's hands, but to put myself in a, in a situation where I could under, experience the needs of other people in these different communities uh, around the world. So it was basically uh, using the Hospitable Seventh-day Adventists uh, Facebook group and just couch surfing uh, across Europe and the U.S. for about six and a half weeks. So where do you see technology moving forward within the church? How do we really utilize the resources that are available to us? Because everywhere I look, there's, you know, there's new YouTube channels turning up. There's new uh, ministries that, are, that are, are being developed to incorporate this and but yet it seems that we're still disjointed in in very many ways we don't really understand what the other hand is doing and so how do we bring together people who are like-minded mm -hmm. and and yet allow our, our resource to resources to be pooled and and utilized all together you know it's uh, interesting because probably for a hundred years or so our our movement had the power of a global organization. Uh, I guess the way that mission um, headed out from around the world, from, from the US, um, you know, we saw the gospel and the spirit of prophecy sort of shared, you know, right around the world. And now we're coming into a period where we're not sort of leveraging this global uh, opportunity the way that we can see people out there in business doing it. Um, you know, Facebook, um, you know, obviously they're a huge global platform, like they're the biggest country in the world, if you were to think of them that way. And uh, I kind of joked when people said, why did you, why did you quit law to become a you know, software person? I said, well, really, if you look at these platforms, you know, I'm still a lawyer. I'm the, like a constitutional lawyer of the 21st century. You know, so it's really, we can actually, you know, the power of things like Facebook is that it creates a space for everyone. Like there's this global infrastructure, but the onus is still on you and me to create that environment for our community. Now, obviously there's a lot of problems with some of these platforms like Facebook. You know, they control, um, you know, to what extent something you post on your group will bubble up to the attention of people in your group. 
you know, they'll want you to boost your post so that it reaches more people. You know, I've got this whole business model around it. You know, there's a whole heap of things that are kind of distorting the power of that uh, platform. But that's where I see, you know, the opportunity is for us with things like Community Builder with our global movement to be able to say, well, let's, you know, make sure that we get everyone who's in our community, you know, in that platform in a, or in a, you know, in a system so that we know that if this person's not turning up to, to church anymore, um, we're all human, we're all forgetful, we don't realize these things, we assume somebody else is going to be looking after that person. Um, but if we can actually see for our own, uh, you know, kind of eyes that, um, you know, I should, I should be getting out there and, and ministering with this person. Um, or rather than us as lay people to feel like, well, I'm not turning up to church until somebody notices I'm gone. Well, you know, that's not kind of the attitude, I guess, that we're called to have. We're called to have a relationship, you know, with our creator. And so if we can use technology that enables us to set some personal goals, that's like, well, you know, I'd like to get to church at least a couple of times a month. And then the app will remind me, hey, well, you've only got to church once so far this month. You know, maybe you want to go again. You know, it's not like some informant that's going to be informing other people that, you know, what you're up to. It's actually more your personal... Snitching on you. Yeah, it's your personal, uh, you know, journal in a sense for, you know, that's just going to remind you that, you know, hey, you were committed to this uh, new outreach project and you were planning to give you know, a certain amount of money to that. Um, so far, you've given this amount. Do you want to change your goal um, or do you want to you know, increase the level of your giving? In that way, it will enable the people that are running that project to be able to know that, oh, okay, well, we had all, well, they might know they've got 50 people that are planning to support them with $10,000. But if uh, circumstances change and people feel like, well, actually, I can only you know, give half the amount now, well, you know, the organizers of that project don't need to know who the person was that can't afford to pay as much anymore. But it's great for them, for their planning to know that they can only budget on maybe 9750 now instead of 10000 so it's this way that I think uh, we, we see technology uh, as, as a very personal um, thing and kind of an extension of our own being uh, in a way um, that, that does give it this unique opportunity to, to help us set personal goals, um, to help us develop our relationship um, you know, with the people around us and with our creator. Uh, but obviously it's not the be all and end all. There's not an app for that. Yeah, it's, it's really a tool and we've made it into so much more. It's, it's not our, it's not relationships. It's only a tool to help us facilitate relationships. And, you know, every time a new piece of technology comes along, it's not doing anything different. It's just helping us to do that one thing, maybe faster and more efficiently. But in the end, would you say it all comes down to face-to-face -face relationships? Well, it's not always face-to-face. -face. I think, um, you know, I've had people very dear to me share how through a Facebook group they have been able to connect with people that, you know, are different to them, or sorry, are similar to them, but, you know, different to most people around them. So, you know, in a particular community, particularly in country areas, or um, you might feel like nobody understands me. Uh, nobody's had the experience I've had. So to be able to come across these forums where you can create a real connection, even if it's, you know, not in real life, you know, is, is powerful and I think is something very new and something that we're still coming to terms with. But at the end of the day, it is around that real human connection. One of the, the habits I've 
come into is, um, you know, sometimes when I'm introduced to somebody that I've never met in real life, you know, through a Facebook group is, uh, you know, I'll direct message them and ask for their phone number and just give them a call and hear their voice. Because there is an element where, you know, things can just become uh, points of view, throwing your points of view at each other. And obviously different technologies uh, encourage and discourage this. You know, Twitter is a pretty noisy platform where everyone's got a, an opinion. Um, you know, sometimes a, a moderated Facebook group you know, has, a different, has a different feel. Um, so I think technology can empower us in, in, you know, new ways. And it does boil down to though, this uh, aspect of not just, um, and I think the challenge is that it can drive us to think that our value is in belonging in a way that's kind of uh, unhealthy because we're pursuing fitting in. We don't necessarily understand who we are or what we're called to be. And so that's why collaboratory was so important for me as a young, a middle-aged you know, Adventist was to realize that it's okay to experiment. Um, you know, having a laboratory um, is how you learn new things. You'll try something that you're not so good at um, or that you don't think you're capable of and you might realize, well, actually I am. Or you might actually realize that it's the power of collaboration and surrounding yourself by a community of people that have a whole range of different skills that you'll realize that Together, we're capable of a whole lot more. And so that's really where, you know, I've seen that collaboratory you know, you know, has, has helped me to grow because I've realized that it's um, through us working together and for us creating a space for each other to be successful, you know, that we can make our world a better place. It's not by me being the best me. It's by us being the best us. And I see that... Uh, you know, in today's world, we're starting to think self-driving cars mean that we're not going to have jobs for young people because, um, you know, cars will drive themselves, tractors will drive themselves, we'll have warehouses with artificial light that are growing, all of our food will be sitting around or people will be sitting around wondering, you know, what their job is going to be that creates a whole new anxiety that we're, we're having to be confronted with. How much of what uh, we in the past might have seen the Holy Spirit drawing people together is actually... Um, Facebook's machine learning algorithms realizing that, well, because you have an interest in that, then maybe you'll have an interest in that. So, you know, all of this content comes to you at a time when you feel that that's just when I needed it. And you might look to the Holy say, well, that must have been the work of the Holy Spirit to bring that to me when really it's you know, machine learning algorithms and recommendation yeah. engines. And, and uh, so equally, we might start getting recommended to a whole heap of stuff that's not going to be um, lifting us up. And I guess that's where we we're, you know, have the benefit of the Bible, you know, something that was actually written by our creator that we can you know, go back to and discern with our own you know, prayerful minds. You know, what, what's getting recommended to us? You know, is it something that is actually going to bring us the kind of life that our creator designed for us? Yeah, it's interesting to think that you know, I grew up largely without technology the way that a lot of young people are growing up today. So I didn't have the experience of, of constantly being in the virtual world or uh, in, in social media, in uh, that kind of influence. And so I, I, you know, sometimes I do forget that there are, there's a large population today that really finds their identity and their, you know, everyday meaning within the virtual world, within social media space, within places like Reddit and 
their friends are there, their, their community is there and they feel like they belong because of that. So how do you see, how do you see faith being incorporated into those kinds of spaces and, and, and using what you've learned there? So it really comes down to our church wanting to take an active um, role in some of these areas. So one of the things that we did at uh, Collaboratory was run an event called Random Hacks of Kindness. So the idea is that you get a whole bunch of geeks together for the weekend and, and different charitable organizations would come along and just say, here's my idea, I need a website to help homeless people. Like I want to create a crowdfunding site for homeless people. Now that wasn't someone coming with a Christian point of view um, you know that was just a humanitarian need that they perceived so for us to be able to uh, work with that person at the end of that weekend be able to launch uh, a crowdfunding site for homeless people you know using the community builder platform you know for me that was a way of being able to you know connect with people who are wanting to do what God asks us to do they just didn't realize it was because God put that in them you know that God God has put that part in our um in our human nature. Um, so it then creates those relationships in a context where we can go on and have those broader discussions where you've actually met the person, you know, in real life um, and can go on the journey with them. Um, I've had uh, people where I've been able to demonstrate the technology and the way that we're using it in an Adventist context um, in the space. And, you know, through their respect for my religion, it's then enabled me to feel comfortable to ask them more about you know, their faith, their beliefs, their life journey um, in a way that's non-judgmental and that's just uh, seeking to understand who they are and through then sharing our personal experience, you know, hopefully that might draw them to the way that God's been able to help me. So do you have any stories about people who have you know, come through this process? You describe this space that you've created and allowing people to see the technology you've, you've developed. Do you have any stories about people then coming to, to God or to Christ how, on, you know, whatever level that means, but just having a greater relationship with the God that, that you and I, you know, subscribe to? Yeah. So the, I guess the, the, the major one that's changed my life uh, in, in a big way has been a friend who like, I, w I would never have felt comfortable in the past just inviting someone to my church the day I met them. Like if someone walked into my office, I don't know how many people out there, if, you know, would say uh, when someone walks into the office, um, they'd be happy to say, hey, and by the way, would you like to come to church in a way that doesn't seem like you're, uh, um, you know, hassling them. But, um, you know, we purposefully created a, a Sabbath service at Collaboratory that's a bit different and it's called Sabbath brunch. Um, so the idea is that, you know, with brunch, um, you don't take somebody to brunch that you're wanting to school. Um, you know, you don't just go letterboxing to say, hey, come to brunch with me. Um, you know, you go to someone who you haven't seen for a long time, uh, someone you care about, someone you need to have a difficult perhaps conversation with and you say, let's have brunch. And, you know, it's focused on a meal and it's focused on that uh, meaningful connection. So we uh, created on the first uh, Sabbath of every month, uh, Sabbath brunch. And at the end of the meal, someone will um, basically sit up on a bar stool and share their personal experience of God for 20 minutes or so. Um, so this uh, person came and met with me. Um, we'd never, never really even interacted on social media. And they came and shared the idea that they had for a business with me. And I shared some of the technology that we'd been developing that I thought could be used for their business. So 
I guess we've purposely built this technology not as a, as a way that it can only be used you know, by the Adventist church in a traditional Adventist context. It's really a platform that can empower everyone to follow their calling, or at least not everyone, but you know, a segment of people. So after I'd shared this, I'd also shared the Hospitable Seventh-day Adventist group on Facebook um, with this woman, and she was quite tearful at the end of this meeting. And I thought, well, you know, that's a kind of unusual reaction at the end of a discussion about technology. You know, most people are maybe falling asleep. <laughs> um, you know, she just saw the potential of how this technology could help her in her mission to help people in Africa. And uh, so she sent me this email uh, where she, she you know, understood that as an Adventist that you know, my only day on a weekend that I'd be available to help her with her project would be a Sunday. And I just felt impressed by the respect that she'd shown me that I should share with her that, well, actually, tomorrow we've got Sabbath brunch. Do you want to come and join us at Sabbath brunch? And uh, she came to Sabbath brunch and she, uh, she and her husband enjoyed um, you know, the message that my friend uh, Pavel shared. And uh, you know, through that journey, it's helped us both to realize that God loves us and wants to be with us you know, as we are. It's not if we do X or if we do Y right. that he wants to be with us. It's not if uh, the, the inevitable outcome is that I have to lose my identity. Like, uh, you know, and our identity is a very valuable and in some cases fragile thing. And, and I guess, you know, we do hear a lot about identity politics and things like that these days. And I don't think that's something God wants to get involved in you know the identity he wants us to have is you know that we were created by him so to be able to have an experience through this now friend um to to really appreciate that god loves us the way we are that there is a a law of just like there's a law of physics that god created when he created the earth mm -hmm. You know, there are consequences of our actions and, um, you know, therefore there's a whole heap of teaching that's been shared with us to help us get the most out of life. We should look at that as an opportunity, not as a threat. It's right. not if I don't do this, you know, or I don't do that. Um, it's, you know, we are saved. We are children of God. We can claim that we are also human. And, uh, and so there is you know, this exciting opportunity to understand our creator more and to understand how being with him, we can have a peace. That it's not about, you know, what's my purpose in some, you know, light bulb moment that's going to give me this sense of, okay, this is going to be my career for the rest of my life. You know, the reality is technology and everything is changing so fast. You know, they, they talk about, you know, the jobs of our children haven't even been created yet. Well, amongst all of that uncertainty, we can have a peace because our creator wants to be with us each step of that way. So we don't have to have a sense of, um, you know, am I going to be X? Am I going to be Y? I am a child of God and he wants to be with me. Amen. What would you say to young people who are getting into technology, who are looking to their future? They're trying to think of, okay, what do I want to do in the future? How do I want to use a degree? What should I go to school for? Uh, what would you say to those people who, you know, maybe the future doesn't look so bright for some of them. And they're questioning, well, how can I incorporate what I want to do into ministry, into outreach, 
into being a part of the community, like you've been explaining, how would, what would you, what advice would you give to them? You know, I think it's the thing that unfortunately it, uh, in some ways, uh, I stumbled across a couple of years ago was this aspect of, you've got to experience, be willing to experience things so that you've got something to share. So, you know, if you sit there and just consume and consume and consume, so whether that's YouTube videos or gaming or music or, um, but if everything's just about being sort of a consumer, then what do you have to share? Now, some people will, you know, start a, a, a YouTube channel or a Twitch channel where they're able to share with other people how they're gaming, you know, so maybe there is a career there as a gamer where you can actually show people all of the tick tricks of um, you know games and you build a following and you know there's this whole um you know social media phenomenon but until you're ready to share um you know it's it's becomes difficult for you to create value for other people that they're going to pay you for so it's really understanding yourself and learning the skills that you enjoy and that you're best at and not feeling like you've got to do a b and c because that's what somebody you know, told you you had to do, um, but just understanding what it is that you enjoy. So in our case, um, you know, we run these weekends where people can come for the weekend and learn coding and um, play around with you know, making, you know, robots walk or whatever. Um, so, you know, it might be that you want to explore, you know, that sort of creativity. It may be that you want to um, just start sharing some of the music that you're writing on YouTube. Um, don't think that because it's not as good as you think it should be that you shouldn't start sharing it. I think it's, uh, you know, just being ready to share. So yeah, understand yourself in as much as you can shoot for every sort of, uh, amount hour you consume. Why don't you spend two or three hours honing your own, uh, craft? Just spend that time realizing that, um, our creator wants to be with us and wants to, help us have the most fulfilling life. And so you know, time in prayer and Bible study um, is time that can help us have the most fulfilling life. It's not a chore. It's an opportunity. Like you don't have to read the Bible every day. Like for centuries, there were people that couldn't read. Um, you know, much of the Christian faith was um, lived by people that couldn't read or write. They just learned things by hearing it from others, mm -hmm. hearing so, the scripture read to them and yeah. So I don't think, you know, that it's a chore that you have to do it. Right. Like the opportunity for me, you know, I guess two years ago, the turning point for me was that realization, well, it actually doesn't matter what I do. I'm just going to start every day with prayer and having that faith that um, even if the job that I'm going to be doing, you know, when I finish high school or when I finish university, it doesn't, hasn't been created yet. That's okay. Um, because God's given us, a whole heap of skills um, and with this you know, ethic of being willing to explore and, and learn new things, um, we will find our path. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to share? Well, I'd just um, really like to remind people that John 10, 10 is really a, a great assurance that God has come to give us, give us life and give us life more abundantly. Someone uh, shared with me recently that it's more important to be obedient than to sacrifice. And I think sometimes we think 
that if we set our sights on some big achievement, some great goal, then that's pride. You know, we've seen Kanye West uh, come out in the last uh, you know, few weeks and be born again. And if you thought of anyone that has, you know, a bucket load of pride, you'd probably say, you know, Kanye West might be up there. But to see the, the, the way that our world through this global uh, community, through technology, you know, big things can happen. And we should want big things to happen that bring people to our creator. And we should be willing to be part of that. So remember that you know, Christ has come so that we can live life and live it more abundantly and, and be obedient to what that calling is. It may be something that you kind of feel like, who am I to have that calling? You know, that's bigger than me. Well, surround yourself with the people, with the skills you know, that can make that happen. But don't sacrifice for the sake of thinking that you should give up and that giving up is the way to live a humble Christian life. Be obedient. So you would say that no matter the skills that you have, God can use them. We don't have to feel like, oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with this degree and whatever. Why would a lawyer be building this software platform and have this idea for you know, trying to connect people around the world through technology? You know, I'm a lawyer. Who am I to be doing that? just seems to be what I'm called to do. When there's been times when people in authority have sort of uh, opened the door that made it seem like that, uh, you know, that the wheels of the machine might assist me in that calling, and then things have ground to a halt. Well, I said to God, what am I supposed to do? Like, should I stop? And uh, I'm just persevering because uh, it's on my heart that if I don't do it, no one else will. Well, it's been a great time spending it here with you, Andrew. And please tell us where folks can contact you and learn more about what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm at Andrew Perry on Twitter. Um, you can reach me through uh, www.collaboratory. Um, that's maybe I'll give you the short one. Uh, uh, the Adventist Innovation Lab uh, is an organization we've just set up to support people globally. Um, so obviously, we've got, um, you know, people working, Fruition Lab has been doing awesome work here in uh, the US and Hive um, over in Europe and Collaboratory in Australia. So uh, the Adventist Innovation Lab is really a way for us to all come together and so if you go to the AILF uh, the AILF.org um, there's a simple form there you can fill in and uh, we'll send me your details all right it's so good to have you here with us and I'm so excited to see where everything goes uh, do you have a uh, release schedule for any of your software or is it in beta is it in alpha what's going on yeah so we're just um Basically, in, a, in our alpha pilot stage, um, the aim is that we can really get everyone using the, the platform at the GC session uh, as the Adventist passport. The technology is in use you know, in other non-Adventist sort of uh, contexts at the moment, uh, but the aim would be July next year when the General Conference brings Adventists from right around the world together, that hopefully they'll all be going home empowered with the Adventist passport to keep them connected. All right. Well, hey, it's been a great time. I'm looking forward to talking with you again and 
we'll uh, hopefully see you at the GC 2020. Yeah, thank you so much for all of the inspiration you give through your podcast, um, you know, through the stuff that I've seen you doing uh, online through uh, your website. Uh, it's, it's just awesome. It's great to be part of the community. All right. If you have any more questions uh, for our listeners, if you have any more questions, see the show notes. I'll have all the links to Andrew's contacts and the websites that he mentioned. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with a friend, share it on your social media. If you know anybody who is doing creative ministry, who's doing a ministry in a creative way that you think other people would like to hear from and share their experience, please uh, contact us. We're on Twitter. Check out our website. You can contact us through there. We would love to have more guests like Andrew on the podcast. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next time.